Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Baldly Go, the officially unofficial podcast for all of Star Trek. Uh, this week we're doing our season two wrap up for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, hey, Ron, I know we have a bunch of feedback. I know we have some thoughts that we want to talk about first, though. Um, our feelings on the season overall, maybe hopes and dreams for Star Trek of the future. Uh, how, how are you feeling after season two? Plans for what we're going to do with this feed, potentially. Um, How am I feeling about Star Trek Strange New Worlds? I think Star Trek Strange New Worlds um, was a, this season two was a confident step forward for an already confident first foray into Star Trek. Like, I think this is the best Star Trek I've seen since late uh, the, uh, the Deep Space Nine. Uh, I can't believe how good it looks. I can't believe how much like how deep into the lore of star Trek that the writers delve into confidently. Um, and yeah, it wasn't perfect. Like, in fact, it's a kind of a bummer. I think the finale episode is one of the weaker episodes. Now it's also part Hmm. two of a, of a, or part one of a, of a, of a cohesive whole, but, um, honestly, yeah, I, I think I like season two even better than season one. What did you think about season two? Yeah, I think I'm there with you. Um, it might be recency bias, and I remember these episodes a lot stronger because I've seen them sooner or more recently. But like, I find myself thinking back on this season and going, "Man, that was a good episode." Oh, that was a good episode too. Oh, the episode where nobody had a memory uh, past a day—that was cool. Spock turning human—that was cool. Yeah, I just had a lot of fun with this season. Um, you know, Lon and Kirk having their episode. That that was a lot of fun. I I don't know, man. I think they really did a good job on season two, and I'm kind of surprised to say it, but I think it's even better than season one. Yeah, I mean, we got feedback saying that Under the Cloak of War might be among the best episodes of Star Trek ever, and it's like the fact that I don't think anyone could deny it belongs in the top ten. Which one is this? Uh, Under the Cloak of that's War. That's the that's the one of the Binga, the ghost backstory. Oh it's like yeah, that's war. a great episode. Like it's, I I, I think yeah, and and like it, a lot of this, cause a lot of the season, I was like very wary. I'm like, am I pro Strange and Worlds because I want Star Trek to succeed? That's my mm-hmm. bias. Like mm-hmm. I've been pretty open about that. Like I, you know, but like also I've pretty demonstrated that I can shit on modern Star Trek with the best of them when it's when it sucks. <laughs> Um, like some of the stuff in the first two seasons of Picard. Uh-huh. But yeah, when I look around, I look at a fandom that's kind of united in thinking this show is great to excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have complicated feeling with Star Trek because I love it um, as a franchise and mm-hmm. I like probably 60 or more percent of everything I've seen in Star Trek. Right. But like, I don't know how to judge it because I, it always feels like, am I being too 
too kind to this show but i don't i don't think so i have they lowered the bar so far in the past decade with star trek or more two decades honestly that i no longer feel like they have to hit a very high bar to impress me or is this actually good tv I well think it's that, actually good I, tv i i definitely think the floor for bad trek is lower than i've ever seen it be in the for last sure 10 years but also, like, if we're being honest, I think we've raised the bar in the old series quite a bit. Like, they're mm-hmm. good. I definitely am not going to. You're not going to come here. This is the wrong shop to come preaching the next generation hate. Okay. Sure. But the first two seasons of that show are mostly cover your eyes bad. Oh, we. Yeah, we know. We talk about it all the time, right? And they, they would. they And there would be a good 10 to 15% of episodes per season. The good two, three that would be got stinkers even in its glory runs of season three, four, and five. And then they, they, I think it got more kind of 50 50, um, you know, mm-hmm. in the later seasons. Uh, so it's like, I, I think it's a little bit, it's like you got rose colored gla- glasses looking at the old stuff. Uh, we're mm-hmm. judging the new stuff up against the best, tele- you know, the golden age of television. Yep. And then yep. out comes Strange New Worlds, which is just, you know. And, and if you'd have told me, like, at the beginning of the season, okay, here's the deal. Jim Kirk is going to be on the Enterprise six episodes of this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have another uh, lovesick Spock episode, except for he's going to turn into a human. They're going to be a, there's going to be a 100% musical episode. I'd be like, oh, Jesus, this sounds like this show has complete. How the hell are you forcing this much Kirk? Mm-hmm. But now that I've seen it, it's like, no, nah, it, it just all worked. Like, I and I, and I don't know if it's, uh, it works because I want Kirk to be on Enterprise so bad that I'm I'm looking over why, especially the first officer now would be gone from his ship so much. But like, as long as they can keep saying, ah, Sam Kirk or Alan, ah, uh, time wrinkle. I, I just want it to work so much that that the show is working. Yeah. Or is it just working? <laughs> No, I think it's just working. I think it's just good. Uh, favorite episode of this season? Oh, boy. Um, it might be that memory episode where they go down to the planet and they lose their memories. Is that uh, Memento Mori? Or uh, it Memento? Might, that might be the name. I'm terrible with titles of episodes, but yeah, I, I like that episode a lot. I thought the mechanic was super interesting. I, I think... I don't know. I don't know. It felt very Star Trek to me. Yeah, that's like that, um, you know, thirds rule I came up with in the last episode where it's like you got to have at least a third of it being solid science fiction. No, that was tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Or no, is that among the Lotus Eaters? Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow was the the Lotus Kirk episode. Mm -hmm. Um, That one was good, too. Yeah. There's the wonky car chase. But other than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do in Ontario? Yeah, how about um, you? Got a favorite? Is it the musical episode? Because that's my yeah, least favorite by far. Because I've watched that like two or three more times since we did the podcast on it. Uh, I showed it to You're a friend it. of mine. Right. I've been, you know, I've been I've been listening to some of the singles. Like, yeah, I just, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I like it more and more the more I, I watch it. But I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you that's the best episode. I, I think the best episode's clearly Under the Cloak of War. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty easy to say. Yeah, I'm surprised how much I like the old scientist, though. I did not know this. I saw this on TikTok last night that uh, Jack Quaid um, 
did that Riker. That was like an impromptu thing that he just did because he's like, he's like, I was thinking about the scene. I get there. Jonathan Frakes is behind the camera. Mm-hmm. He's like, I got to just do it. And Jonathan Frakes, he was in the inner room when they were telling the story. He says, my wife, who was on set, screamed. This, <laughs> this like on the first take because it's just so funny. Uh-huh. Uh, and no one knew it was coming. So it's like, I, you know, I'm surprised how much I like that episode, even though I have essentially zero affection for the uh, lower decks. Yeah, it, it might have been the juxtaposition of the silliness of Lower Decks that I think you're not into versus this crew. Uh, you know, them being sort of the straight men to Boimler. Right. And, uh, and they're a yeah. good deal sillier than even the silliest, I think, Star Trek crew. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, for sure. That's one of the, you know, the third, uh, one of the thirds of, of that strategy is like, you know, these kind of like, zany swing for the fences risk-taking episodes like the musical and like i yeah i don't like they definitely did that once a season like they'd have q come by and you get picard you know in robin mm-hmm. hood tights doing stage fencing but like it wasn't as frequently i think as the fun they're having in this show and i i, I think Agreed. that's good yeah um all right I want to talk because, like, you know, there's lots of uh, hopes and dreams that our fans have uh, that have written in Star Trek at BoldMove.com. I want to talk about maybe some things we're looking forward to. Uh, and I'll start things off. I really do hope they keep this. You know, it's obviously informal, but it's a rule of thirds where you have one-third of Star Trek is mind-bending, thoughtful, cutting-edge science fiction. You got one-third sturdy character pieces to spotlight individual members of the crew because they're all so fantastic. And one-third these silly swing-for-defense experiments. Like, mm-hmm. it's fucking time for a Mirror Universe episode. I want to oh, see a Mirror yeah. Universe episode with this crew so bad, and it's been so long since Star Trek has been fun enough to do one that I got... Mirror Pike? What mm-hmm. the fuck does Mirror Pike look like? I don't know, but I want to see it. Mirror Pike can do it, I guarantee um yeah i mean yeah, yeah we've, we've seen mirror spock before in, uh-huh. in episodes but like yeah i'm i'm just really curious to see how that the and that's the stuff that they can do what mechanism uh, do you want it to take because like you could do just the straight up like ds9 uh tos mirror universe kind of stuff yep. right you or you can the do <laughs> the thomas Riker transporter accident stuff you can mm-hmm. do some kind of space anomaly, right? Send them through. Nah, and I, I, I gotta see. I, I gotta see Mirror Universe. I want to see the, okay. the sexy crew slinking around in eye patches and leather bustiers, and yeah, uh-huh. I, I, the lawn probably have a whip. Yeah, uh, yep, for sure. What about you? I got a, I got another one. What does Carol Kane look like in a Mirror Universe? What I the, was oh about to. God. I didn't want to trigger you. I was like, what does Dark Pelia look like? You know? I might like her more. I might like her more. Yeah. Yeah. At least it yeah, would she's fit. Just, she's vicious. Just feeding crew member to <laughs> crew members to the engine. <laughs> yeah. The Warhammer esque uh, mm-hmm. Pelia. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that a lot. Um. I'm really hoping they have a good run with this Gorn stuff because I think the Gorn are super cool. And if we can get like maybe not a full on war, although it seems like that may be where they're going, at least like a a few good skirmishes, right? Yeah, agreed. I want to know more about them too. Like the Gorn that they fashioned here seem really interesting in a way that the Gorn in the original series are not. 
Uh, I got a kill. There's a killer idea to connect those in feedback. Okay, so perfect. stay tuned for that. If you're the type that usually skips the feedback, there's there's some <laughs> there's some there's some solid uh, gornification, uh, unification of the gorn of the, of the gorn. You know, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty excited about that. Is it the Gorniverse where everybody all the crew is gorn? No, no, I don't want to spoil it. Okay. I don't want to spoil it. It's it's uh, <laughs> it, it got me excited for the next season. All um, right, all right. Another thing that's something you probably can guess from the bitching I've done this season. I kind of think they need to tighten up the science part of the science fiction here. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. If you want us to be there for when subspace riffs are making everyone sing and dance, you gotta kind of sweat the shit that we figured out in the early 20th century. Like, you gotta, you, you can't, you know, and I, I thought that used to be the hallmark of old Star Trek is that they would have cutting edge popular science concepts mm-hmm. like quantum mechanics and gravitational waves and you know they would be pretty straight with that but then you'd also have the the subspace hyperspan or you know all, all that stuff to go on to it and i just you need a kind of a hard crunchy science crust to put all the pie filling of the crazy trecto babble bullshit or it just doesn't work and i think they fucked that mm. balance up in like later uh, seasons of voyager uh, and they never quite got it back, and I think that's one of the flaws of this show: is that they 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 are rigorous to the trek of it, but they're not as much rigorous as to the star part of it. Room temperature superconductor episode. Let's go. LK ninety nine baby. Inside, mm-hmm. I, I want to see Pelia fucking with that next season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I like that, and, and maybe tighten up the writing around some of this stuff, like you know crash at least have the crew concerned that they're crashing a gigantic uh hole a gigantic saucer section down onto the area of the planet where their crew might be mm-hmm. uh, that might still have living crew aboard it too it's another thing that might also <laughs> point it out and right so considering they found living crew on it uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. There's still apoxy oxygen yeah yeah maybe maybe sweat those smaller details too um i here's one other hope could we do a longer season? Could we maybe get 12, 13 oh, episodes of Trek? Don't press your luck, man. I've seen longer seasons of Trek, and there's a lot of filler. True. Maybe that's the that's the secret sauce. I think they could do 12. I think they could do 12. But also, I, I, so. I want them to turn turn it around. I don't want this to take three three plus years. So, Well, I mean, it's probably inevitable at this point with the, the strike and all. Probably. I mean, it's a shame too because they really got the hustle going for season two like they they got that turned around in about a year yeah uh, i feel like they had a pipeline brisk for trek right like they had mm-hmm. they had a marvel-esque kind of schedule on they which got a continuity of yeah. like showrunners and writers and and i don't know why it's working so well for strange new worlds when it wasn't working so well for picard and and the disco but yeah it is working so. I don't know. The strike's going to fuck all that up. And, you know, that's that's the intention, right? Make it hard right. for them. Yeah, uh, make it hard hard for the studios to make money so that they'll share some with the, the writers and the actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Do, do you have any other? Um, no. No, I think that's about it. I'm willing. I'm open to whatever they want to try. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, well, we got a lot of feedback. We got a lot of people sharing their hopes and thoughts and fears, their ideas about the final few episodes. If you'd like to send us feedback, Star Trek at baldmove.com. One brief mention, speaking of the strike, um, 
it's likely it's a strike continues and there doesn't seem to be any budging of the uh, of the production side of things um we're probably going to run out of fresh television to talk and we've talked about some things we could go and revisit you know like what are some things we can do to produce content if the content just kind of stops and we got the star trek feed and one of the leading things that we're interested in is maybe doing uh, a rewatch of the old series i think we got uh rightfully we took some flack for not knowing some 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 of the finer points of the, the old series i've seen it i know J- jim hasn't seen it all it's been 30 years since i've seen it i, I don't want to make any promises i don't want to talk about timelines but just like if you are thinking about unsubscribing to defeat until next Str- strange new worlds maybe maybe keep up and see if uh, we've, we're doing something by christmas uh because mm-hmm. yeah I, I, we got some fun plans for the all of star trek part of the the promise of this feed that we haven't come uh, come across so yeah we'll definitely be back for season three yeah like whenever. i can almost guarantee we'd be back for season three um and uh like i the yeah, lower day isn't lower deck starting pretty soon uh lower decks i think does have a season four dropping sometime i think it's already produced so i don't i don't think the Did strike they, is gonna affect oh, it did they go ahead and shit can Star Trek? Was it Prodigy? Was it the one that they're like, there's there's like a show about Star I think Starfleet. so. It's the, the kids show. Yeah, the animated series. Yeah. Uh, but we're definitely, definitely keeping our eye on, on Trek in this feed. So if there's significant Trek news or like I said, if this strike it continues to, to, to strangle the content side of things, then uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we're back with uh, another Star Trek series we're considering. But again, no mm-hmm. promises on the when that would be. Uh, if you want, in fact, if, if before we get to feedback, if you want to keep up with what we're doing, uh, the best way to do that is follow us on your choice of social media at Bald Move, except for TikTok, it's at Baldest Move. Um, and uh, yeah, and if you really liked our series, uh, I can encourage you to join our club where you can get even more inside access at support.baldmove.com. Set phasers to add. We'll be right back. Captain on Bridge, welcome back to Baldly Go. All right, Star Trek at baldmove.com. Esteban is up first. Fun fact: When I took Spanish in high school, uh, you know, did they did you did you take a foreign language and did your teacher assign you a foreign language name? Oh, because oh, in no. Spanish they all on the first day we were assigned Spanish names. Mine was Esteban. I was Esteban for right. two and a half years of high school Spanish. Yeah, I took like one semester of of Spanish, but. I don't think I got a Spanish name. What the Did hell? Name you? Damn. Jim. Jim was already uh, Espanol enough, apparently. Guess so. Jimito. Uh, Esteban says, uh, as far as episode seven goes, I binge watch all of the lower decks just to find out what the fuck the koala joke was about. I enjoyed the series, but sad <laughs> to say, I must have missed a koala. Maybe it ran through too fast. Jim, can you please fill me in on the koala joke? <laughs> no, I don't remember the koala. Really? koala are they memeing about something's going to happen in the new ser- the new series the latest series <laughs> like it's not even oh, released maybe yet it's set up. I, I mean I, I just have a bad memory for this stuff but I don't remember the koala sorry uh, episode 8 says it's got to be the best episode of uh, all of Star Trek maybe that's recency bias but I loved it Aaron I give you full permission to call Mbinga the ghost I've already taken that liberty as you probably noticed um, even better than say, inner light even that's what I'm saying. Than... Like consensus, the old series best. City on the Edge of Tomorrow, consensus TNG best. Inner Light, consensus DS9 best. In the Pale Moonlight, 
This could be it. This could be... It's only season two, though. City on the Edge of Tomorrow is season one of Star Trek. So, like, I don't know. It's it's This show's not over yet, but, like, yeah. I it, it's, it's in the top ten episodes of Star Trek if you just want to talk about quality. Not quality? Like I don't know what quality is. Fan favorites or whatnot. What do you say? <laughs> Nothing. You don't know what quality is? No, I have no idea what quality is. Co- quality. <laughs> well, that's when you grind them up and uh, oh. medium roast them. Steep them in hot water. Uh, Karen says regarding the musical episode, uh, she referred to our podcast on the same as sparring baldly. So because we were we were at each other. Uh, as, uh, your podcast was fun. I do have to say if your bar is the Book of Mormon or Hamilton, you know, those things take years of work and a lot of woodshedding. You're not just going to get that in a single episode of TV show. But I do then get don't it. Make it. Then don't make it. That's my response. I surprised I was moved at times, though. It's seriously perfectly valid to say this is not my app. Yeah, I mean, so here's how you square that circle. If you don't like musicals to the extent that you only like the very best musicals, that like once a decade mm-hmm. there will get like a one that comes out and they're like, this is the must-see that's fine but it also it's tough to judge you know a single episode against that um but i get it like i was like i don't like listening to all country music i will listen to the best country music um and if i was listening to one of my favorite musical acts like if run the jewels or something did like a country music album i would probably want it to be in the 99th percentile or i'd probably think it's shit so yeah for sure i mean Look, I think it's totally fair to judge any piece of media by the best example of that piece of media. I mean, the, the bar gets set. Really? Uh-huh. The bar gets so you set. Judge- and, and then you, you have to judge it against what exists, right? I mean, that's just how it works. It's always going to be compared to other examples of the genre. So I don't know. I, I think it's totally fair to compare this to a Hamilton. Yes, it, they didn't have years to to write and produce it, but... If that's the case and you don't think you can do a good job, then just don't make it. Go, hey, that's something we'd like to do, but we don't have the ability to do it, so let's not do it. Uh, I, like I said, I, I don't know that they should go back and make another musical because I think they did not... I don't think they killed it. I don't think this is like, you know... But you would have to be on that hand like, because I, I think the the risk of ruin and going into like a truly mediocre musical episode um, is 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 higher than they want. There's so many other fun things they can do besides just running back a musical episode. But um, sure, sure. I don't know. Now they got the subspace improbability field, though. I could I, it'd be kind of funny to see like a 1950s style black and white comedy. <laughs> mm hmm episode of strange new worlds or sure like i'm trying There's to think of other genres that. they could run that through the improbability field to get something fun mm-hmm. yeah um, some, something more cheers everything's set in uh the port galley and uh pike is sam and uh una's diane and uh who oh, plays oh, cheers yeah who, who plays woody harrelson that would probably be sam sam yeah Kirk, right Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, I can see it. Anyway, back to back to Karen. She says, Chapel, they're finally t- making her the character she should have been. On the old series, they introduced her as 
having given up her research career to join the Enterprise as a nurse. Uh, and they also introduce her missing fiance, Roger Corby. Dun, dun, dun. Do you recognize what? that name? Yeah, that's the guy who's she's doing the archaeological medicine. He's the Louis with. Pasteur mm-hmm. of archaeomedicine. Archaeological medicine, yeah. Um, that is a line uttered by Spock on the old, the original series when they're talking about this episode. Interesting. Uh, there, so after he dies in that episode, she spends the rest of the series pining after Spock, and it's a mess. But I feel like Strange New Worlds is fixing this. I think that's one of their big missions. It does seem, if not a mission, a personal amusement that they like finding canonical problems in Star Trek and smoothing it over with this show. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe she'll realize she made a huge mistake, but by the time Spock is clamped down on human exploration and, you know, he holds a grudge. But also, I think she has backed way off since Boimler told her that she doesn't appear in his history and uh, she's not telling Spock about that and he has become hurt about that all around. He just doesn't have the experience to handle it. Uh, Vulcans, they're introverted, hardened, oblivious bunch. Um. Yeah, I so like I took Chapel as just wanting to kind of like not get too serious about anybody and mm-hmm. Spock's conservative seriousness approach to the relationship has put her off more so than the Boimler thing. Yeah, I guess it could be both things. You know, she started kind of like, uh, I don't know if I want to get too tied down here. And then Boimler comes in and starts talking about the future. Yeah. And she's like, oh, boy, now I really don't think I want any part of this. That's what I'm Same that's what I'm saying. Like, imagine if you've got, you know, you're three months into relationship. It's kind of going. Ah, it's not what I thought it would be. Uh, we got some weird disconnects and where and then some from someone from the future just comes by and casually says, oh, you're actually not in this person's biography at all. Uh-huh. You would you'd probably be like, oh, God, thank God I can I can get out. It, you wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. The universe that, is telling me something, right? <laughs> I do wonder what she like, like, how do they fix the the kind of cringy pining after Spock in the old series? That's where. Uh, yeah, you just. You can't really fix things that didn't work in the original, right? Unless they kind of like she's just like this contradictory character where she was like really ambitious and young and she was making her career and then she settled down with she like fell in love with the professor and settled down with him. But then he got killed and she's now a person who had could have had that career, but it's passed her by and. She's just trying to rekindle. I don't know. I'm very curious to see what it's like watching the old series with knowledge of this series in your head. Because um, it would be neat that they could square that circle. Uh, Karen says, finally, I think the wedding of Sarek's son that Picard talks about in The Next Generation attending as a young man is that of a late life marriage between Spock and Chapel. I believe they'll finally work it out. Sure, she'll be in her 90s, but so what? She could have. They could have a good 20 years together. That's my head canning and it canon. And I'm sticking to it. All right. Sure. Yeah, I like it. Um, I am very curious. That's the the chapel, such a central character, and she's such a marginal character in the old series. I just like, yeah, how are they going to, to work that out? It'd be great if they could figure out something that, that would make it work. Page C, like Jim, I'm not a huge fan of musicals, and old ones definitely great on my nerves, but I really enjoyed this one. It was fun, and as someone who supposedly hated it, Jim sure did seem like a lot to like a lot of the parts as he went along in the recap. Hmm. Mm. 
secretly loved it. I think you if 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 <laughs> you're probably doing the time tested technique of I didn't like this episode, but I'm not going to bring the whole episode down by shitting over it in every single <laughs> sentence of my review. So, oh, you, well, you also made some good points during mm. the recap and review. So, you know, I, I I'm I'm open to to being mistaken about certain scenes or just not getting them. Um, right. So yeah. Uh, overall, I, I was negative on the episode, but I, there are definitely parts in it to like. I, I'm not saying it was all trash. Alan says, I'm so delighted that Jim hated this episode and made sure to note it wasn't inherently because it's a musical, because he likes some musicals, as I do, but that this was just a bad musical. I agree completely, except I thought Laon was great. A couple others are passable. Otherwise, it's mostly a swing or and a miss for me. Um... I mean, that yeah, makes it like, sound like I also didn't like Lon or Uhura, and that's not true. I thought both of them are good singers. There's one of them is Uhura is saddled with some bad lyrics and some mediocre oh, camera and effects work. Uh, whereas <laughs> Lon's Lon's whole thing I thought was pretty good. It had it had a nice hook that I could get into. The song was decent. She's a great singer. Oh. Rolling around in the sheets with Kirk. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. That lawn stuff worked. Michael says, I'm sure the hive mind has alerted to the importance of Dr. Corby. Another's, uh, we talked about that. Turns out he's the not so secret uh, future fiance of one nurse chapel. Mm-hmm. Another's the identity of the officer sitting at the console next to Ortegas. She was called Mitchell. I wonder if she could be a gender bent Gary Mitchell from where no man has gone before. Have you seen that episode? That's one of the more famous episodes. And, this is where this guy uh, who had unusually high like ESP, Esper, and Psyker scores, they go to the edge of the universe or the galaxy, and he gets hit by this cosmic ray that amplifies all of his psychic powers. And he, his eyes turn silver, and he's able to control the crew. Uh, have you seen that? Uh, it's not ringing super loud and bells, so probably not. The only thing is, like, Mitchell's wearing a command shirt, and I believe this helmsman is wearing a red... I don't know what the hell that is. that, like, uh, engineering services, security, um, wearing, a, wearing a red shirt. But maybe huh. they get promoted. Maybe they get uh, uh, switched <laughs> departments. I don't know. But it's... Uh, mm-hmm. He was also a helmsman, even though he's a lieutenant commander. Lieutenant commander, helmsman yeah. of the Enterprise. Uh, I also thought it's funny because I, I started reading this guy's Wikipedia page, uh, this uh, Gary Mitchell, and he claims in this episode that he set Kirk up with a cute little blonde lab technician who Kirk almost married. Clearly talking about Carol Marcus. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, that's interesting. It. Uh, Todd says the moment I saw the promos and even the promo art, I got a once more with feeling vibe from this episode. Do you do you recognize this reference? Once more with feeling. Hmm. It's classic Buffy the Vampire episode. Uh, uh, I never really watched it, that show. Yeah, I, I I had a girlfriend make me watch the first hat like up through season I think three or four before we broke up. So I it's a fine show. I didn't get this far though. He said uh, it was the season six episode seven. A uh, musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. While Buffy was further along in its run than Strange New World is, I think they were in similar places audience development-wise. Buffy had to create its audience from mostly nothing, whereas Strange New World obviously just has to not suck to inherit a starving fan base. 
<laughs> Recently, I read an article where Anton Mount said that they were channeling Once More with Feeling in this episode. Why do I feel like I liked Once More with Feeling better than Subspace? Two reasons, and they both align with Jim's observations. So you should like this, Jim. First, Once More with Feeling had bigger numbers. Keeping it all on a starship limited what they could do. Even if they did bigger ensemble pieces, it would still just be Starfleet folks with Starfleet folks. Let's face it, one highlight was the Klingons breaking out into K-pop moves. Uh... Did we did we talk about how the Klingon general was the same act- actor that plays Heller? I don't think we actually mentioned that in the episode. It might no. have been something we came up in. Because uh, I didn't in, know in it. The, yeah. Um, so that's or a maybe cool you, detail. Maybe you clued me in on that during the episode. I can't remember. Also, why are people saying that Klingons look like a K-pop band? Like, I think they just look like a boy band. Has it been so long since we had boy bands that the, like people think the Koreans invented the concept? <laughs> maybe i mean it has because like everyone's while. like cause like but what about that screamed k-pop over just like it's a boy band mm-hmm. but i don't know maybe i just i obviously i don't watch enough k-pop I mean, k-pop's the rage right now so listen to enough k-pop um a different setting with more diverse options would have helped but the real piece was missing was the finale there was nothing poignant or opposing about it you ended happy as a musical should but once more feeling didn't do that it took the happy musical ending and twisted it so punched you in the gut in this finale, you learned that Buffy's friends, uh, in attempting to resurrect her, didn't save her, but instead had pulled her out of heaven. So now she's living in a version of hell because of them. The very wow. apex of a fun fighting and victory, Joss Whedon, who has a lot of flaws as a storyteller, still managed to deliver a sucker punch that sticks with me today. Subspace didn't do that. It was fun, sweep, also forgettable, a missed opportunity to be more. Um, I mean, it's... Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. That's like uh, no one got pulled out of heaven and put into hell. <laughs> Sending and... characters to hell doesn't strike me as very Star Trek, but I, I see what you're saying. Like it didn't, it, you know, it didn't emotionally resonate with you very much. So, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like, but they could. I don't know if they waited longer in the career. They might have been able to do something that with like Pike and his tragic. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know but... if demise that seems like a big swing you know you make the, you make the episode where pike gets disfigured uh to be a musical that seems like a dangerous thing to do well it's like it all but it's it's a dark thing that they pull out at the end i think um but uh-huh. anyway yeah i don't know i uh and it's i will buy that buffy did a better musical episode i have no problem admitting that um Cincinnati Joe says, forgive me if it's been covered and you may know by now, but in episode nine podcast, Aaron didn't know if Sam Kirk was in the, t- the old series. He was briefly. They found him dead on a world attack by flying parasites. Uh, his corpse was Jesus. played by William Shatner with a mustache pasted on. <laughs> I looked at it. It is fucking All hilarious. Right. Jim. Uh, I got to look this up. <laughs> William Shatner with like dead guy makeup rocking a sam kirk mustache it's great it's great but that's why i didn't remember he's in uh operation annihilate that's when the little like uh stingrays are flying around and biting people on the back and taking over the brain uh yeah he's just like in a brief scene dead on the ground (laughs) it's amazing that's amazing uh so sam i get the mustache sam kirk uh dark future apparently Mm mm-hmm uh, Josh says, I want to ruin Under the Cloak of War for everyone. 
Why can't they just keep the know. soldiers in patterns in the transporter buffers as they are about to go into combat? When they beam back, they just get put back the way they were. Boom. Now go out there and keep fighting. Yeah, there we go. Let me do you well, one better. Well, your does your body have to be disintegrated into? I was about to say buffer? they do the Thomas Riker bullshit where they bounce that beam off a of swamp gas and they make there two. There you go. Yeah. Every time you kill a Starfleet officer, they come back two. <laughs> Love it. What are you going to do to that? Klingons that also have transporter technology. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it could be like it could be just like I wonder if it's like um like a rule of war where they just Uh like we're not going to you know because otherwise you know there's lots of things you can do in modern warfare that you're not supposed to gets you in trouble because it's considered inhumane or Mm -hmm. prolonging or whatever I don't know Uh, Todd has another problem with Cloak of War he says it's an amazing episode put it right alongside the Deep Space Nine episode into Pale Moonlight Uh, we talked about that Um, but there's one glaring problem Captain Picard has run through the heart with a Nausicaan dagger in some random dive bar, somehow managed to live this, this, the tail to tail. We mm-hmm. see here that Klingon Ra literally stabbed in sickbay, but somehow managed to succumb to his wounds. It's also well, not stabbed the by Klingon- the doctor. Let's, let's, let's say the doctor is the one who killed him. I don't know that he wants to heal him. Let's also not forget the Klingons have all sorts of redundant organ systems to help sustain them in combat. Are you telling me there's no way to save Ra when he's inches away from every state-of-the-art piece of medical equipment the Federation can conjure? That Mbinga and Chapel just let him bleed out? That no other medical staff notice him lying on the floor? You know, I, I mean, it's... Look, all, all the equipment some, for some reason was malfunctioning that day. I don't know why, but like Medbay 2's virus, whatever, it's got must These have spread. These Medbays just are... You know? Yeah. They're unreliable yeah. sometimes, and well, I guess a Klingon's got to die for it. They're about as reliable as your average zip drive from 1996. <laughs> They're just not not really there as technology yet. Yep. Uh, it's deep cut for Gen Xers out there in the audience. Um, so uh, Todd says, this does make the ending much darker, but for a second in the conference room post-mortem, I really thought they are going to reveal he's still alive, but somehow been framed with the dagger uh, and set to rot in some prison as a result. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the only problem is that Mbinga got away with it because it seems like what you're saying is, yeah, how would this criminal ink? But I mean, I think it says something about the episode that I, who usually notice shit like this, had, yeah, no. I mean, I I definitely saw that they were leaving it a little mysterious and a little bit of open for interpretation, but Mm -hmm. they cast the spell well enough that I was not on the, the, the trail of this. Yeah, it worked uh, well emotionally, so I think you forgive some of it. Um, Bobby says, in the finale, the part that bugged me was they found Chapel alive in the saucer section almost immediately, but then they just launched the saucer into the planet. I'm surprised they weren't Mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe there's more survivors on the ship. (laughs) I found one right away just by walking around, probably or more. Nah, just launch it. Yep. Yep. You're, it's like it's that's a thing about tightening up like this isn't a rewrite this is like a five second episode of somebody Ortegas like we just found a survivor there could be more mm-hmm. and Una or Pike saying we have got we we have got a war against the Gorn with no support from the Federation we're making you know like let's like let's let's you know let's say there's all 200 crew we're sacrificing them for 5,000 colonists that's all they had to do that or or be like well we can't 
we can't do the scan from here. The interference is too great. But once Spock is over there, he can scan it. And so and the, the, Spock can is... make that call when he gets over there, right? But then you buy that Chapel's the only one in this whole fucking ship that survived. Like, I why? mean, why? that's a long shot for sure. But at least it would cover over the... <laughs> It did, that, but of, it does feel like Spock went over question. there and is like, I've secured the hot blonde. Fuck everybody. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, just like pull the ripcord. I've secured my survivor, the one I care about. Yeah, the one I have emotional involvement with, everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig from the UK says, I would like to see, so in the hopes and, and the desires column, says, I would like to see Pike be a bit more assertive. He's a seasoned captain after all. After a strong de- debut, debut in disco, I think he's become a bit soft. I know his impending destiny is known to him, but you'd think it would give him a bit of a, a more of a galvanization to do more. I imagine this will go for a five. Okay, let's start there. I think they're trying to go with a Pike aware that he's dying and aware that his crew is going to have to soldier on without him. And he's allowing them to take more of a role in hmm. command decisions and going with their gut and 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 whatnot. But, like, I think they need to make that explicit. Like, he needs to have a conversation yeah. with somebody about it. Because, Probably Spock. Yeah. Because I, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, like, distracting how deferential he is to some of his junior officers. Mm-hmm. And, I, and this is just headcanon hey. I've made up. It might not even be true. Well, you can kind of see it. You know, he's, he's following some of the desires of his crew, right? Like... uh Ortegas wants to do the away mission and be a pilot there yeah. and probably doesn't have real cause to, but he lets her, right? Yeah, his command style, like you see even in the final couple episodes, like he sets his people up to succeed. Like he pumps up Ohura and lets her know how important she is so she can see. Like that mm-hmm. seems to be more of the thing he's going to than rather the dynamic does everything captain himself. And I think it's a deliberate decision, like I said. But they but... definitely, I'm with you, they need to make it a little more explicit next season. Yeah. Uh, so Craig continues, I imagine this will go for a five-season run, culminating in the old series crew at the helm at the last episode. So the question is, can and will it continue after that? Uh, maybe there's some new stories of their own. Or how about this? In a 10-episode season, have four or five of the old stories retold to a 21st uh, century audience. A soft reboot. From the first season of the old series, they could do Balance of Terror or Arena, for example. Maybe the Gorn that Kirk fights is like 200 years old, and that's why it's so slow. No need to retcon it. It just happens to be not as an impressive victory as it first appeared. Uh, In any case, I can't wait for season three, whichever century it comes back. I love the old-ass Borg theory. Shriveled up. That Kirk just ate. Like this, This Gorn is on his last molt. He's gotten soft in the <laughs> middle. His tail's in, fallen off, and uh-huh. he just barely can hang in there. I <laughs> fucking love it. That makes so much sense. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, what's, what's your appetite for them just refilming some classic Star Trek episodes with the new old crew? I don't know about four eh, out of five episodes. That's a lot. Eh, I... I'd say do it as like a, a stunt akin to the musical episode. I don't I don't think mm-hmm. I want that to be prominent in the season. Okay. It, it I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe once we get to like a season five and it's like, okay, we've told all these stories before this era. Now let's go back through some of the highlights. 
of TOS and do those for one season and get out. Maybe a whole season kind of at the end to book to book in this thing or, you know, to cap off this thing. That I think might be, be cool. I'd like to see... I think it'd be maybe more fun instead of, like, gilding the lily with some of the best episodes is, like, take some of those really shitty season okay. three episodes, like Spock's brain. Can you make Spock's brain good with this crew? I don't know. Hmm. Um, but I... I so I also don't think we're making it five years with Pike. In fact, yeah. if I could predict, I would think next season Pike is going to be crippled and Kirk is going to take over. It's it's feeling like they're moving through that stuff pretty fast with the the uniting of the crew members. Like getting Scotty in there was yeah kind of the crazy thing. I was like, what they're doing it this quick with the Spock Kirk introduction and then Scotty back to back. Okay. And, and fucking Kirk is essentially getting his mail on the enterprise now as often as he shows uh, up. So like yeah. I, it He's does feel like on the enterprise basically. Yeah. And I think that would be interesting because like there's the idea and this is why I need to rewatch the old series to see exactly how this connects. But like the idea that like Kirk finishes out the, a five year run. So you get the, you know, you get three seasons or so of Pike and then a season and a half of Kirk and then that's the end of that five year run. Mm-hmm. And then the next the the old series essentially starts the 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 next five year run. So you've got a little bit of room to tell some of the stories of that transition period. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely room for it. And and you can kind of retcon a lot of the weirder stuff, you know, like we've been talking about with yeah. Chapel and that stuff. Cause like yeah, I don't I, know I that I are... want to see Strange New Worlds forever. I would like for them to do mm-hmm five to seven seasons of it and then what i'd really like to see them do is a start uh, something set in the 24th fucking century mm-hmm. that is like strange new worlds where it's more about exploration more about cooperation more about technology and weird planets and alien civilizations and not so much about the fucking federation's got a black ops it's gone wrong and it's kill. yeah like I-, I would really love to see the era where like the the robots wars stuff happened but not in the style of picard because that picard stuff was shitty i think the the core of it could have been really cool if it was written better yeah but yeah that like 24th 25th century kind of cusp where you know they're fighting against uh the ai that's trying to take over that could be really cool like in a Mm. deep space nine kind of way but Mm -hmm. i don't know we'll see Red alert, here comes an ad break. Let's boldly go back to the episode. Welcome back to Baldly Go. Uh, let's see. Leah's next. She says, hey, guys, really loving the Strange New Worlds coverage. I'm a huge musical theater person. I love what they did to the musical episode. I think I love that they're having so much fun with it, and I completely agree with Aaron's uh, uh, rules of third. I do think that a lot of songs in this episode were a bit weak, and I was slightly disappointed with that. Maybe the musicals they're in conversation with are just older than I like, like the Gilbert Sullivan era that Una's into. Mm-hmm. But there's so much amazing development in modern musical theater, you could have really killed it in the songs of the style of Rent, Hamilton, Spring Awakening, even something as old as Grease, but it wouldn't be the first time Star Trek completely ignored the existence of modern music in favor of less relatable <laughs> classics. Say it ain't so. It's never, they never done that, Leah. Um, in the style of Rent, every time I think of something in the style of Rent, my, my, my mind goes to Team America World Police and every, you know, everyone's got AIDS. How would you, 
Everyone's infected with gore and eggs, 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 eggs. <laughs> <laughs> See, done, done. Yep. You just wrote uh, a better musical episode. Perfect. <laughs> I did absolutely love the first number, the credits, and both La'an and Una solos. I actually thought the scene of Uhura alone in whatever part of the ship she was in was breathtaking and brought tears to my eyes. Thank wow. you. Wow. Thank okay. you. Okay. I like the simple arrangement. I'd love to hear an apology for your comments during the Lower Decks crossover episode podcast along the lines of whose favorite character is Uhura. She's so inspiring to so many people and women of color, and I really love that they're giving her a full backstory and arc of personal growth, and this show sell well-deserved. Uh, we see her go from the awkward young adult stage of not knowing where she fits and what she wants to do to fully owning who she is, trauma and all, and what her strengths are and coming into her own. And I thought that song played uh, put really put a cap on her transformation. She walked out of a confident character that we know that she becomes. I agree. I think that her whole arc pivoted there from essentially cadet Ahura to the Ahura we know and love. Um, and you can, I, go ahead. Yeah, you can have your apology. I, I think yeah, it's it. She was inspiration. I, I'm in my mind. Nichelle Nichols is the thing that inspired so many people it wasn't necessarily That's... the character of Uhura, but it was her place in history and i it's a it's a weird distinction to make i agree so yeah, yeah so that apology that's... given hopefully apology received um i don't know if i'm i'm gonna fucking double down oh uh, jesus <laughs> because that's that's the i thought i articulated that but that's precisely the meta thing that trips me up it's undeniable how iconic and inspirational Uhura was not just to uh, little boys and girls growing up in the 1960s, but like literal astronauts have said, mm-hmm. you know, I was mm-hmm. a black girl growing up and whatever, and I saw this other black woman on the starship of, and I thought that's something I could fucking do, and here I am on the shuttle uh, Enterprise or whatever, and I'm, I'm doing it. Um, that's very cool. I don't understand why a black woman in the 24th century would see her as a giant role model and that's where the meta breaks down because like we have to be something like 300 years post-racial tensions at that time mm-hmm. so like it's a weird like it brings me back to like oh this show was written in 2023 or 19 or 1965 or whatever instead of like this is a contemporary 23rd 24th century kind of thing that's the only thing it's it's not that I'm like okay. oh yeah hurrah fuck hurrah it's like why what's the name of the uh Bomler's friend on the uh, name like Mer- traveler Mer- something Sir, like that I, I don't remember her name speedster thrust mariner, mariner. thank yes. you something involving travel it didn't it didn't make sense like why they would um just like i don't understand why Bomler worships uh the number one una like mm-hmm. yeah like these women are breaking barriers in 1960s television, not in 2352 Starfleet is what I just get at. But I don't know. Maybe. Sure. Sure. Maybe I um, explained it poorly or maybe it's still an asshole opinion. I don't know. Um, what else? She goes, I also, I don't know. I also felt like that just connect kind of connected every single character beat we've seen from Ahura with a through line that wasn't there before, even with her literally connecting Spock and Kirk. Uh, P.S. I've been listening to the soundtrack on repeat all week, so I must. I now actually love it. I take back being slightly disappointed. I think Connect Your Truth is the only skippable one, and the rest are total earworms. The Uhura kind, hmm. not the TNG Admiral kind. 
course, I and and not the SETI Alpha Five kind. I was going to say, I got to say that technically those were neck worms. You're talking about the CD Alpha Five earworms, uh, but uh, easy mistake to make. <laughs> I I agree with you. I I used to not kind of be lukewarm on Chapel's song, um, but but yeah, connect to your truth, and it's it's fine. It's like it's very Gilbert and Sullivan, but. Um, I don't know. It seems like Una Una's kind of like a little stodgier that way too. Hmm. Uh, we got two more. Alan's up. Uh, penultimate email. I love the episode, but you're absolutely right to note some wonky physics and just generally argue that getting the details right would only help the show. Traditionally, the biggest Star Trek fans have been engineers and literal rocket scientists. Shouldn't that intense loyal, intensely loyal audience get paid some respect? Uh, I guess they could also figure they'd get those viewers regardless so they can take them for granted, which is uh, sad, but as Spock might note, possibly logical. Ding, ding, ding. I think you uncovered something there. It doesn't you know? cost you anything. Like, your yeah. viewers aren't going to tune out because you're internally consistent consistent with the physics we understand. I mean... Well, I tell you what, the show <sighs> yeah. that they're making for their rocket scientists and engineers is, uh, is uh, 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 For All Mankind. Very and true. And yeah. I don't know how many people are watching the show, but I know nobody's listened to the podcast on that show. So <laughs> maybe there's just not that many rocket scientists to cater to. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you probably already got a million people pointing this out to you, but just in case, Mbinga cannot die as he was featured on, I believe, two episodes of the old series. Wow. So okay. so I didn't realize. I thought he was just in the menagerie. Um. Or the kid, the, the 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 Pike re, you know, they, they redid the pilot to be part of the Star Trek. I thought he was just in that, but apparently he's he was in a scene where he interacts with McCoy. So he's huh. got the prequel plot armor for sure. The list of characters with prequel armor now includes Spock, Uhura, Chapel, and Binga, Jim Kirk, and Scotty. Plus, Sam Kirk can only die in one specifically preordained way, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, Pike can only be maimed in a very specific manner. So really, you've only got Una, Laan, Pelia, and Ortegas who could potentially die in any given scenario on the show. All right. That's our objective. We have to kill all five of these women over the oh, next Jesus. however many seasons. They all women? And Mitchell. Let's throw Mitchell in there, too. Well, so that's they, they were themselves in a corner because, like, in the pilot episode of Star Trek, the old series, Christopher Pike makes this uh, crack about a new female officer he's got. And he's like, I'm not so comfortable with all these women on my bridge. And then Una, oh, of course, no. is there, and he goes, "Well, except for you, Officer Chin Riley, you're like, like you're one of the boys." And oh, Jesus, to overcorrect, well, not to overcorrect, to correct from that, one of the things you'll note is, unless it's Spock, every fucking bridge officer on Enterprise is a woman. So, like, yeah, yeah, Pike is, and that, that's the thing. That's where the meta gets is like, because I don't know why Pike is so fucking sexist in the mid twenty third century, but. He is. So maybe there are some, like, maybe O'Hara did have to overcome some just old-fashioned, very old-fashioned racism in in Star Trek, the original series. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's going to totally flip-flop here in the next couple of years, right? Because O'Hara will be, like, the only woman on the bridge. Yeah, because Kirk just... (laughs) He likes the ladies, but not in that capacity. Wow. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's fraught. It's fraught when you try to fix the the metaphysical problems with uh, shit made in the 60s. But uh, mm-hmm. I like that they're doing it. Um, Sadie, final, is the uh, the ultimate uh, feedback. Says, after the finale, I was really itching for some more Star Trek content. Decided to check out the three Pike episodes from the original series. I've been watching chunks of the old series and reruns as a kid, but I haven't seen the entire series. 
It's pretty fun and thought-provoking, and it gave me an idea for some strike filler content if it keeps on. Interesting, Sadie. Hmm. Uh, perhaps you could do a short pod series covering episodes from the original series that feature the Strange New Worlds characters. I've per, uh, per, uh, provided you a helpful guide below. Wait, so if it's you want all to do- of them. Captain Kirk is in. Well, they're saying only the Strange New World characters. So if you want to do Una and Pike, you got the Menagerie Part 1 and 2. Yeah, if you want to do... Go ahead. James T. Kirk is a Strange New Worlds character. Are you talking about the bridge crew from the Enterprise in Strange New Worlds? Is that what you mean? Because Spock is in, basically. So her final paragraph says, I don't think you need to do a special one from James Kirk or Spock, and I guess now Scotty, too, since they would be covered in the other characters' episodes. But she's talking about the ones that only really get a showcase on Strange New Worlds. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Unan Pike, The Menagerie Part 1 and 2. Mbinga was featured in A Private Little War and That Which Survives. Sam Kirk was in Operation Annihilate, as we mentioned, and he only is dead. He just shows up dead. Uh, T'Pring, of course, the classic Amok Time. Nurse Chapels in lots of episodes, but maybe the naked truth for her interactions with Spock. Ahura, again, is in lots of episodes, but a quick search suggests Mirror Mirror would be a good one. La'an is not in the old series, but you could also work in the Khan episode Space Seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be missing some characters, but I don't think you'd need to do one for James Kirk or Spock or I guess now Scotty too, since you know we already talked about, it. I guess Pelia, but I don't think she was in. Because you got others that are only in Strange New Worlds and they won't ever be in another one like Laan. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I don't I don't know. Like that's uh that's a middle ground between doing a full series rewatch and something fun between the next two series. It's it's I I I, I know we want to do something with this feed. It's all about uh we have limited time and uh soon to be limited television. What's the best use of that time? You know, what's what's gonna make the most amount of our fans happy? Uh, is, is it too much to wish to attract maybe a new fan base, which I think maybe we're getting a little bit with Star Trek because it seems like it's like yeah. a a larger pool of fans and communities that we haven't done a lot with. And, uh, you know, with Picard and now this, we're, we're starting to get mentioned. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I like the idea, though. I would like to do something with the Star Trek feed, um, especially if the strike can, uh, continues. So that's all we got. Uh, Star Trek at BaldMove.com is how you get in touch with us. Again, if you want to know what we're up to, if you want to see if we're doing any upcoming Star Trek series or we're going to do a revisit, uh, social media, any at BaldMove is fine, except for TikTok, at BaldestMove. And then if you like what we're doing here, if you want to join the crew uh, and get the following Starfleet benefits, such as ad-free feeds and extra bonus audio and video content, I've I got the deal for you support.baldmove.com join the club and get all these and more uh, and keep us uh, uh, podcasting 50% of our revenue derives directly from fan support and uh, we literally couldn't do it without it so thank you for everyone who supports us and uh, if you haven't consider it support.baldmove.com that's it officially for Strange New World Season 2 we are closing the book on it we'll definitely be back for Season 3 and stay tuned for any Star Trek action in between until then, we're signing off. We're closing Halo frequencies. We're beaming up. We're entering warp. Until the next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Lieutenant Commander Helmsman Jim. I want this season to end now. <laughs> <laughs>